Hello, I'm Dr. Scott Wadier. And I'm Tommy Welling, and you're listening to the Fasting for Life podcast. This podcast is about using fasting as a tool to regain your health, achieve ultimate wellness, and live the life you truly deserve. Each episode is a short conversation on a single topic with immediate actionable steps. We cover everything from fat loss and health and wellness to the science of lifestyle design. We started Fasting for Life because of how fasting has transformed our lives, and we hope to share the tools that we have learned along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fasting for Life podcast. My name is Dr. Scott Wadier, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend and colleague, Tommy Welling. Good afternoon. Good morning to you, sir, I should say. (laughs) Hey, Scott. How are you? Doing great, man. Looking forward to today's conversation. Uh, We've kind of found ourselves in a little mini-series in the podcast, which was unintentional. Um, But, you know, after last week's episode where we talked about metabolic health and insulin-friendly foods and the fasting lifestyle and making sure that, you know, we're using fasting as a tool to lose the weight, regain the health, but more importantly, keep the health, uh, the weight off and have long-term health. Um, you know, we always talk about the fasting lifestyle, the insulin friendly lifestyle, and we get a lot of great feedback and a lot of uh, questions and some great reviews. And we're like, you know what, I think we should dive into this a little bit more um, in giving some so we're going to go through a surprise, maybe a surprise to you. There's there's a top five foods that are going to have a much bigger increase in spike than you're probably thinking, because some of them have been labeled healthy. And then we're going to go over some not so surprising ones, but we're going to talk about some swaps and some actionable things you can do to make sure that you're eating the foods that are going to give you the best success while using fasting. Yeah. And I think that's why this, uh, this kind of developed into a little uh, mini series, because when we start talking about foods and insulin friendly lifestyle, um, you know, we, we want to get more and more actionable. We want to be as actionable as possible. We want to, we want to have things that we can actually put into our, our day-to-day lives um, every single day where we're making better choices that are, that are supporting our fast. And then they're also, um, you know, propelling our, our results too. And it's, it's literally the second most asked question that we get. What do I eat? Do you have a meal plan? And the answer is no. It's interesting that recently I've seen across um, some of the nutrition world and the coaching, nutrition coaching world, that there's some programs that have been coming out without meal planning. And Mm -hmm. I love that because it's, it's, everybody's a little bit different. You know, I always use the comparison of my wife's body versus mine. And if I ate the way that she ate, I've eaten that way. Um, with, you know, health, more healthy carbohydrates and, um, you know, higher levels of protein and lower fat, I don't feel Mm -hmm. great. So everybody's a little bit different. Everybody's lifestyle is a little bit different. So taking into account, trying to, you know, make this actionable for everybody. Well, okay, let's talk about some specific foods that could be sneaky in terms of undoing the hard work of, of, of your fasts. Uh, and then, you know, some healthy swaps, if these are some of your go-tos, um, you know, that's, that really will allow you to see the long-term sustainability piece of fasting, which is what we really want to focus on. So I love um, being able to answer this question in this way, and that it's going to give you some more flexibility and sustainability, um, but you got to start somewhere. So we're going to kind of go through these, um, you know, one by one and kind of talk through each one uh, and then frame out 
some of the the cool the, the caveat to how uh, this data was gathered. Um, and it goes there's always a couple layers deeper in terms of understanding and complexity when we're looking at uh, you know blood sugar spikes post food, uh, you know time of day, stress levels, metabolic health, um, you know, the, the quantity, the quality, the nutrient density, the caloric density, et cetera. So we're going to keep mm-hmm. it really simple today and, and give you 10, uh, that you, that you can, uh, you know, really hone in on. Yeah. And for, for a list like this, what I think is, is important to understand is, um, knowing exactly how the data was collected or like where it came from and, um, just the details around that, I think are, are important because when you start talking about food and food swaps, it's really easy. Uh, we, you know, we, we all have some, some level of emotional attachment to some foods. So as we start to go through a swap list, it can be easy to just immediately go, well, yeah, but those people such and such, like that doesn't apply to me because X, Y, Z. And that that's almost, that's the emotional component of that connection that we, right. we kind of want to push through um, in order to make swaps that are actually um, supporting our fasting and our fasting results. Yeah, so a couple of caveats. This is um, data that was aggregated from um, uh, CGM monitoring. So mm-hmm. CGMs are constant glucose monitors. These are things that are going to be able to to get uh, blood sugar recordings every ten to fifteen minutes and keep an eye on kind of what your body's doing um, before, during, and or after meals. So a couple of caveats with the data is um, typically foods aren't logged individually especially if you've ever done any meal tracking, you typically will create meals and put things together. Mm-hmm. So what we know is, and we've talked about this on previous episodes, is that if you combine protein and fat before ingesting carbohydrates, that it actually blunts the glucose and insulin response, right? right. So that's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. But example would be dinner might be consisting of chicken, broccoli, and a couple rolls, right? Mm-hmm. So the first two are unlikely to really spike the blood sugar or insulin very much but the bread most certainly will. So that can confound the results and make it a little bit more difficult to interpret. So the cool thing is that these were, the data was taken from foods where it was the only thing that was logged. It was the only thing that was tracked. And so like, for instance, you know, like pizza or a dessert or a category such as like pad Thai or Thai food. Mm -hmm. So it was like that meal and that experience was that one thing, which I think is a really cool way to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. Because, um, yeah, like, like you said, it, when we're pairing foods together, we have, uh, we can get a blunted response, which, which is, is generally a very, very good thing. But like n- the number one on, on the list, which is, which is kind of a, a, a surprise to me is grapes, for example, but grapes are an easy one that like, if I have some grapes, they're usually by themselves. It's not usually on a plate with a meal. It's yeah. usually like, Hey, well, let me grab a handful of whatever fruits around. And if I go into the fridge and there's some grapes, okay, here's a handful of grapes, but that handful of grapes actually has a surprising effect on blood sugar and on insulin levels. Yeah. 15 to 20 grams uh, of sugar per cup. And they do have a lower glycemic index. Um, but they will be shown, and this was on the, the episode that we, we spoke last week, um, the previous episode where we talked about the, the insulin response, mm-hmm. the insulin response to grapes um, is actually quite drastic. They're one of the highest fruits, grapes and very, very, very ripe bananas. So we're not saying eat grape, don't eat grapes. Okay. Right. There's, 
the nutritional density, the nutritional value of grapes is indeed a good thing, but know that you're going to be spiking your blood sugar more. And if you're trying to limit that, uh, that, 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 um, that thing within itself, you're trying to limit your blood sugar and insulin response. Mm-hmm. You're going to want to pair the grapes with either a fat or a protein, or you can swap them out for things like strawberries, raspberries, and blackberries, which have about half the sugar resulting in half the insulin and blood sugar response. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the next one on the list is another one where, um, so it's, it's oatmeal. And shout, oatmeal. Out, shout out to my mom. This has been her go-to <laughs> for the, the 50 years that I can remember. Okay. Like this is, this is the go-to for my, when she comes in town, we make sure we have oatmeal in the morning mm. and oatmeal heart, healthy American heart association. It's like, all right, this has been deemed a healthy food. Right. And there are some benefits yeah. to oats, but there's also but a downside. there, you know, oatmeal oftentimes is, is made and it's consumed by itself. It's not necessarily put together with, with other fats and with, um, with proteins, like it doesn't, it's not always just like a full spread meal. So again, noting that when, when oatmeal is, is ingested by itself, um, it has a very, very high, um, blood sugar and insulin spike. And, you know, the cool thing about that is there, like all of the, uh, the foods on this list, there are ways to to decrease that spike, and and it's typically typically going to involve pairing it with other proteins and fats. Um, right. If you are going to eat those oatmeals, um, you know, going for steel cut um, oats, pairing it with with healthy fats, some nuts, almond butter, uh, things like that. Those all uh, blunt the insulin and blood sugar response. Yeah, grain free granolas too is another good option. But I like the idea of know some of those you know the stuff that i ate growing up the the packaged oatmeals those have the additional sweeteners and stuff in them too it's like the apple cinnamon tasted Mm -hmm. like really stinking good because it wasn't just oatmeal if you ever just eat a bowl of steel cut oats it's to me (laughs) it's kind of plain jane it doesn't really taste that great um so i like the idea of again pairing it with um you know a healthy fat uh and and some protein so uh the third one um speaks directly to us, Tommy, you and I, um, which is sushi. So uh, (laughs) I love sushi. Uh, Don't get to eat it very often. Uh, My wife is not a sushi person. So um, I know though, uh, just like recently where you and I uh, had sushi for lunch, I knew that that afternoon um, I was not going to feel as great as I normally would if mm-hmm. I ate a, a non-sushi lunch. Um, <laughs> it, it, um, it, it's worth, the juice is worth the squeeze for me because I don't eat yeah. it often, right? Yeah. Um, but sushi definitely had um, a higher uh, response or spike. And there is some health benefits to sushi, like, right? Like mm-hmm. salmon, tuna, like those are great sources of anti-inflammatory omegas, healthy omega fats, um, but the, the problem is it comes in the rices and the sauces and the soy sauces and the sugars that are hidden and all the other sure. stuff that goes with it. Yeah. Making good sushi rice, um, is, is something that I, I practiced for a long time and, um, you know, got, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. I got, got good at it. It's, it's a lot of fun and, and, um, but it does involve a lot of, um, you know, a lot of like white rice, uh, vinegar, a, a couple of different ingredients. You actually put actual sugar 
um, into, into the mix whenever you're, you're making it. So making like that, that sticky sushi rice, I mean, there's, there's added sugar in there for sure. Uh, sometimes your soy sauce also has sugar in it. Um, and then if you go to, you know, uh, like sushi restaurants around here, you know, you may have something that's, that's deep fried with some additional, like uh, sweet, saucy kind of glaze on it. So all of those things are, are adding sugar and, and adding to the insulin response as well. Yeah. Now, when I first thought of sushi, I was like, oh yeah, it must be the rice. Well, mm-hmm. it's the combination of all the things. So, right. you know, cauliflower rice sushi, haven't had that, but it's an idea. It's out there. I've seen some recipes for it. Um, mm-hmm. And then also, you know, cutting down on the amount of soy sauce in those, in those, you can get more of just the plain fishes and stuff. Yeah. Sashimi. Um, it's sashimi. Yeah. But um, you know, it's, it's, there's still some health benefits to, to eating that fish. Uh, you know, like I mentioned from the anti-inflammatory and omega fatty acid perspective. So Sure. Another one on the list, which is this one's interesting to me. This has been deemed a a very healthy alternative to the standard breakfast and lunch options, which is an acai bowl. Okay. And um, the berries themselves are very low in sugar and loaded with antioxidants. Um, but if you're just eating straight acai berries, yeah, they're typically that's typically not what you get. Like like dried cranberries, you buy the dried cranberries in the store. You're like, oh, these are dried cranberries. This would be great sweet. It can maybe, maybe can fill in my sweet tooth, but typically there's 20 to 40 grams of added sugar per serving into the dried cranberries to actually make them taste good. Right. So, um, the acai bowl in itself is just loaded with the sweeter fruits, typically, um, some uh, additional sweeteners, Mm. some nut milks, and you're just going to be putting this massive load of short-term energy into your bloodstream. Like this, this glucose dump, Right. Um, and especially if they're blended, that's going to break down the fiber component. So you're actually going to slow down the body's ability to process that even more. So this one blew me away. Um, so really what you'd recommend is like to order off menu. And, um, this is something that I've become accustomed to over the years is, you know, reducing the sweeteners and adding in the lower sugar fruits, like the berries, adding in some lemon juice, coconut's a good one. It's a good, healthy fat, unsweetened milk alternatives. Um, And you can add in healthy fats like chia or flaxseed. So acai bowl was one on that I was not expecting to see on this list. Um, But I do know that it's something that, you know, we uh, we do consume my wife likes them. My kids love them. Yeah. So this one was a really cool one for me to be like, Oh, wow. I did not even realize that. Yeah. You know, and one thing that you can do if you're like, well, I really love the taste of that. And I've kind of gotten used to it. I get it every day for breakfast or a couple times a week or something like that. Um, you know, you can, you can start by just asking them, do half the sweetener, like, like right. mix, mix the milk, like half and half or do half the honey or whatever it is that, you know, at, at your favorite go-to place that they kind of mix in to make it a little sweeter, just cut back on that. And then right. that's going to help with the spike um, just right off the bat too. Yep. 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 Um, uh, so for the fifth one, this is something that we just talked about in um, one of our fasting for life groups. And this was about the kind of the, 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 the Thai, the faux, the ramen, those types of foods, that category. Um, and based. Yeah. Yeah. Noodle based. Right. So being intentional with these types of things is really, um, really where the magic happens. Right. And being able to enjoy these without seeing the massive spike or that kind of like ugh feeling after you eat. 
Right. Um, typically, it's mostly, <clears throat> excuse me, from the noodles because the noodles are made with refined grains that tend to spike blood sugar in a lot of people. So you want to be looking for, you know, substituting the noodles um, for maybe an alternative pasta or um, what we just came across recently. You know, we like to use spaghetti squash. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, making a Thai dish with that, uh, seems odd to me. So I would like to rather replace it with like, it just does, it's just not the same. Right. So, yeah. um, there are other options out there, but really just, again, the same thing with sushi, avoiding the sugary sauces, the glazes, and maybe looking for an alternative to just having so many noodles right? and maybe eating half and then taking the other half home because the volume of the food is also going to cause your body to have to process that stuff. It's just going to take longer to come out of it. Yeah. Hey, y'all wanted to take a second and tell you just an incredible story about an amazing company that we've come across recently. Um, and now they are a sponsor of our show. It's airdoctorpro.com. You can head to the website, use a promo code uh, fasting for life to receive up to $300 off. But most importantly, uh, my little guy, my two-year-old has not slept consistently through the night uh, since he was born. We have tried everything you can imagine. He is our third child. And we're just like, what is happening? So we have gone to great lengths, time, money, and effort to figure out um, how we can help him sleep. And uh, the reality is uh, we were pretty much just resigned to the fact that this is how it's going to be until we put the Air Doctor Pro in his room. And I am not joking when I tell you the first night that we put it in his room, he slept through the night. The second night, slept through the night. Now we're up to 35 plus days that he has slept through the night. He has only woken up two times, rather than two, three times a night, two times in the last 35 days and counting. And we are just so incredibly grateful. The reality is uh, we had a feeling that it was something that we were missing And the indoor air that we breathe is two to five times more polluted than outdoor air these days. In some cases, up to 100 times more. We spend 90% of our time indoors, and we take 20,000 breaths a day. So what's the solution? An air purifier, a cut above the rest. I'm not going to lie. We have tried others. We've tried other HEPA filters. We've tried other air filters. We have spent the money, and they have not done the results that Air Doctor did in literally the first day that we put it in his room. They filter out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants. That includes pollutants such as allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mite, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. So I don't know what it was that was keeping them up, but it is now gone. So Air Doctor comes with a 30-day breathe easy money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, send it back for a refund minus shipping. Head to airdoctorpro.com. Use promo code FASTINGFORLIFE to receive up to $300 off air purifiers. An exclusive listener um offer for you as well you'll receive a free three-year warranty on any unit which is an additional 84 dollar value that's exclusive to you the podcast listener now hearing this in real time lock this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code fasting for life you guys know that we are very particular with who we partner with and if it wasn't for this incredible company and this the incredible results that we've seen I would not be encouraging you to head to the website and take advantage of the Fasting for Life promo code. So if you support our sponsors, you are ultimately supporting us. We are grateful for you listening in. And now back to today's episode. And you can almost make those same dishes into uh, basically like a salad where, you know, not like your typical like green salad, but 
you can just like uh, just the other day we made some cashew chicken at home. Um, but instead of doing any any noodles themselves, like we made like a little bit of rice and we just put that on the side. But we made a ton of um, like bell peppers and sauteed mushrooms and onions and then just kind of mixed in all the chicken with that. It was amazing. Um, but it wasn't just this giant noodle dish, you know, that I would have eaten a few years ago. And, right. And now I, you know, I would have felt terrible now, especially if you're in a state of ketosis, like having a meal like that and just just having to like hit the brakes and, and do a complete 180, um, you know, is going to make you like just feel lethargic and terrible afterwards. So before we go into the 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 five on the list that are less surprising, I just want to give a shout out to all of y'all, um, all the listeners. And we just hit a pretty crazy milestone, Tommy. <clears throat> and I just want to mention it from a place of gratitude mm-hmm. um, that, you know, 70, however many episodes ago, January of 2020, when we turned on the microphones and, and just started talking and diving into the research and, you know, sharing our story of our journey with fasting and how it's given us our health and our life back. Yeah. Um, you guys that are listening and leaving the positive reviews and, and giving us the questions and the feedback and reaching out and keeping it conversational over the the last, you know, however many year and a half now going on almost 18 months or going mm-hmm. just past 18 months, excuse me. I can't believe that we would ever have reached, you know, half a million downloads. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just shout out to you guys. I don't know how else to say uh, or, or express the gratitude other than just saying thank you. Um, and it just, it keeps us going. It really is, um, you know, the, the secret sauce for us to continue to turn on the microphones when sometimes it's hard to schedule or like, Hey, do you think this topic's going to land? Or do you think we should talk about this? Or is this too Mm -hmm. sciencey or, or, you know, how do we know we're making an impact? Well, the downloads keep coming, the reviews keep coming, the comments keep coming. So just a shout out to you guys. And if you're new to the podcast, um, go ahead and go back, scroll through, um, go back and listen to our story, episode one of why we're doing this and why we're here. But I just want to give a shout out um, of appreciation to everybody because that was a really cool thing to see a five with five zeros after it. I was like, man, like that's just pretty cool. Yeah, it is super cool. I'm glad you, um, you, uh, you mentioned that because, um, yeah, it really does, uh, keep us going. And, um, it's just, it's such a cool experience and, and love seeing the impact, love hearing the stories, hearing the wins. There's plenty yep. of struggles out there too, but we're, you know, we're seeing a lot of long-term stories where you know, people had a real tough time getting started with it. Um, but you know, through the message and continuing to, to hear it and, and start to make this, the small changes day by day, um, really start to add up and, and start opening their eyes to new possibilities. And it's, yep. it's really cool. We get, before and after pictures and, and, and stories that are just amazing too. So yeah, shout out to you guys for sure. And we will do our best to continue to deliver. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate if you leave the review and we prefer the five star kind, <laughs> um, then that tells the, the, the podcast, you know, I don't know the Apple algorithm or that tells the people that are in control of that stuff, that we're doing something that people like. So we appreciate the reviews. We appreciate the shares. We appreciate each and every one of you. Now let's go into some of the um, foods from this CGM data that were less surprising, right? So mm-hmm. um, we're going to start off with the the first one um, that is actually fast food. So Chick-fil-A and McDonald's. And these would fall under the ultra processed food category. So we did an episode a couple, uh, a few back from this one uh, that talked about the ultra processed 
food categories and what that did to your overall health and weight. So this is, you know, the refined carbs with little fiber, poor nutrient density, high caloric density. Mm-hmm. These definitely, no surprise, cause, um, you know, a spike, a Chick-fil-A sandwich. Don't get me wrong. I love me a good Chick-fil-A sandwich. Luckily, yeah. I only crave it on Sundays, so I haven't had Chick-fil-A like in a decade. Um, sugar is listed three times on the ingredient list and five and has five different types of flours. And then you're going to get a juice or sugar on top of it, right? So. Sure. The easiest way to make this healthier is avoid it, right? But some of you are going to be like, well, no, that's not where I'm at on my journey. Okay, fine. Um, But if you're stuck at one or you're going to want that to be part of your long-term plan, and if that works for you and you can still get results and enjoy the life that you create through this health journey of fasting and the insulin-friendly lifestyle, Mm -hmm. then you want to look for things with less ingredients and less additives, um, and skip like the additional dressings and dips and upsizes. So for instance, you know, you could do a burrito bowl at, at, um, uh, at, uh, what's that place? Chipotle. That, uh, what's it? Chipotle. Chipotle without the rice, or now they've got like cauliflower rice, uh, sure. options, or, mm-hmm. you know, look for the salad with the plain chicken breast or yeah, don't get the super size. Right. Or, you know, skip mm-hmm. the soft drink and just get the water or the unsweetened iced tea or something like that. Um, so no surprise here that, you know, fast food made a, made an appearance, uh, from this aggregation of, of people's logging of their food and kudos to them for logging it. Right. Right. Cause now yeah. they've seen it and now yeah. they know. Yeah. It, it never felt good, uh, logging the fast food. Cause you knew like yeah. half your day or maybe your whole day was going to be taken up. Like if you, if you really went accurate with it, mm-hmm. you had a certain calorie or macro count that you were trying to hit, yeah. but, um, you know, like. Like these things like substituting mustard sauce in rather than a ketchup or a barbecue sauce can can really cut down on some of those additional sugars that in the moment, if you're already at Chick-fil-A, it can almost feel like, well, the wheels have come off because I'm in the drive through line, but there are still better choices that can be made even when you're there. But but for a lot of folks, um, it's going to be easier just to you know let let the family eat that if they're going to while you're in your fasting window. Um, because that, avoiding it altogether is going to be a lot easier than just trying to go, well, let me make better choices in the drive through line. Right. It's really tough to do. You're right. Right. Agreed. Good point. Another one here on the list of unsurprising culprits would be donuts. <laughs> um, so no, no, duh, right? No kidding. Right. Uh, here, you know, the refined white flour. So you, you strip the grain of its fiber. Um, it causes your sugar to spike more quickly added, you know, glazes and frostings, of course. So, mm-hmm. um, the best thing to do here is avoid going through the line. Um, because like you said, Tommy, it's like, Oh, I'm just not going to buy one donut. Typically you get a half dozen, right? It's right. not like, Oh, I'll just, can I just get one jelly donut? Like what? No, that doesn't yeah. happen. So what you want to do is swap out the refined flour for a more natural nut flour, almond, cassava, um, um, uh, what's the other one? Coconut flour. Sure. And you can use, and you can make these at home. My wife bought those little silicone donut things. We make them for the kids every yeah. now and then probably yeah. once every few months. Um, uh, you know, you can use, uh, uh monk fruit instead of sugar, um, mm-hmm. to make them at home with those alternative nuts, the nut flours. Um, and it just, uh, it, it makes it still an enjoyable experience, but you don't have to, you know, try to only order one donut when you go through the drive through Yeah. And when you go to like a donut shop, if you're used to doing that, I mean, what's a glazed donut, 79 cents, a dollar 10, you know, I mean, it, it's yeah. some, like, a really small amount of money. Right. 
And it, it's so easy once you're there, like you said, okay, just give me a half dozen or let me just bring them, bring them to the office. Let me get a dozen or whatever. And then they end up coming home with you anyway. So um, if you, if you make it a little, a little tougher, like if you love donuts and you don't want to, you know, see your life without a donut in it, um, make it a little bit tougher. Like, like find a good recipe that you'll, you'll make at home every once in a while, like, like put a little bit of a barrier between yep. you and, and the donut um, to where you can still enjoy them, but it's not maybe quite so easy to just have that, that next one, or, you know, find yourself eating donuts again. Yep. So these last three, uh, pizza, um, this is, this is the P word for me. This is the word that I'm not allowed to say during challenges or in our continuity group or on our coaching calls. This has always been something, um, I can't have just one piece. So I just, I need to put this. So about once a month, we have a pizza night where I know mm-hmm. it's coming and I know I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it. And then I can forget about it for a few weeks. Sure. Um, and then, you know, really it's just, it's just the amount of heaviness to the food and the caloric density of the foods with the breads mm-hmm. and the cheeses and all that stuff. So um, easiest way to make it healthier is, is to make it at home. Um, there's also some lower um, calorically dense cauliflower crust pizzas. Now there are some out there that the cauliflower crust pizzas that are even worse than the regular pizza, like go and just look at the label and you'll be shocked. Um, but something you can do is, you know, for the toppings is stick to the more healthy veggies, the unprocessed clean, you know, grass fed beefs and those types of things. Um, but yeah, we, we do a pizza night. Sometimes we'll order out and then, uh, probably like every couple of months we'll do a pizza night at home where we use the fat head dough, uh, which is a keto based dough recipe. And it's, it's really, really great. So no surprise here that pizza makes an, an appearance here on one of the top 10 foods or meals, air quotes, meals that, um, that will spike blood sugar and insulin the greatest. Yeah. And, and for, for any of these things, like if, if pizza is your go-to or if it's the, the, the sushi or the Thai food, the noodles, um, just remember like front loading that meal with even just a, a good salad before, or some raw veggies or some cooked veggies, um, is a great way to take up some of that, like excitement about the meal and just kind of it gives you a little bit of time separation so that you don't feel mm-hmm. as ravenous, especially if you're really hungry going into that meal. So there's not going to be as much volume, as much space in your stomach for as much of the calorically dense, like as right. I can't eat as many pieces of pizza if I've, if I've just had a, a big bowl of salad beforehand. Right. So I can, I can enjoy both, but I can try. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can try, but you know, <laughs> you're, you're much more likely to feel more uncomfortable faster and it's going to slow you down a little bit, which is which is going to be good for your blood sugar, for your uh, total number of calories, for your insulin spike, and for for your fasting results too. Yep. So the last two here, I'm gonna I'm gonna join these together as the dessert for breakfast category, where <laughs> if you're new to fasting, simply skipping breakfast and removing the foods that are dessert for breakfast foods, like the pancakes and the waffles and the cereals and the donuts and the frosted. Mm-hmm. mini wheats, right. That are heart healthy and the honey oat Cheerios and the, mm-hmm. you know, um, I used to have the toaster strudels with the little packets of glaze yeah. or the cinnamon toast crunch that literally I would drink the sugar in the milk afterwards. Right. So yep, me too. or the cereals with the marshmallows in it. So this is, we're going to categorize these two here, the pancakes and the cereal. Cool thing about this is there's some really awesome alternatives out there. Uh, and you don't even really need to like make them from scratch, which is mm. so difficult when you're making food swaps to like making this big lifestyle change. You're like, I have to make my own flour. Like right. nobody does that in today's world. Like p- more power to you if you are doing that. 
but it's like, oh yeah, I make my own nut milk. Like, oh my gosh, that process is so time consuming, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what I love about these two is the simplicity. So this falls into the breakfast for uh, dessert for breakfast category. Um, and simply just skipping breakfast again, if you're new to fasting, um, is, is, you know, deciding that you're going to start with the, you know, the, the basic intermittent fasting window, you know, fasting for 16 hours, eating in an eight hour window, sure. simply skipping breakfast, adding an hour every day, if you're brand new to fasting, um, and then making it to where you're going to eat lunch as your first meal. Yeah. Really just kind of takes this category out of the equation. So pancake batter is like ultra refined white flour. Typically there's sugars and additives. Sometimes if you get the, you know, the pancake mix, there's oils and processed oils and stuff in there too. Um, and then you've got, you know, the maple syrups and, you know, all of that stuff that's added onto it. So now you're getting like, like a triple threat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, yep. if you add on, you know, some whipped cream or some, some, some fruit, like you've got even more. So yeah. Uh, with pancakes, it's super, there's some sugar-free options in terms of syrups and stuff out there, natural ones. Um, and then two brands that we really like is Pamela's. And then we really, really love the Birch Benders pancake oh, mixes. Yep. So stinking good. So less of a spike. Yes, there's still flowers in them. Um, but I can eat pancakes now because we'll do breakfast for dinner a couple times a month on Wednesday nights. Yeah. Um, and now I can eat these. And actually, I, I've had a CGM in, in the past and I've done a lot of blood sugar testing before and after foods, mm. kind of my, like my own little guinea pig. Mm. Um, and I've noticed like I, the spike is it's so much better, you know, adding in a nice like healthy fat, like a good butter as well. Yeah. Um, will help blunt the insulin spike. And then for the cereals, it's the same thing um, in terms of like why they spike so much, but yeah. there's also some cool replacements out there as well. Yeah, there are. And, you know, if you're going to have cereal or you're going to have pancakes, um, it, you know, make it, make it part of, of, of something else. Like, you know, have, have the sausage or the bacon with it. Um, yeah. Even Healthy like fat. Yes. Yeah, starting with those proteins and those fats beforehand, before you have the cereal, before you have the pancakes means that there's going to be less room for more of the pancakes or more of the cereal. And it also means um, there's less of an insulin and a blood sugar spike as well, because those proteins and fats help to to blunt those um, the effect of the carbohydrates. Yeah. And the overall arching theme of, of this, the last couple of episodes in this episode, we promise this is a fasting podcast. We're not going to continue to talk about food for the next however many weeks. Like this is it. We're, we're done with food for a while. Never thought I'd be talking so much about food, but it is part of the equation. It's like half the fasting equation. Sure. It's like the fasting part. And then when you break your fast, it's just as important as the amount of time spent during the fasting window. Yeah. Might actually even be more important in some people's cases, depending on yeah. how metabolically healthy you are. Right. So for cereal, there's a cool cereal out there called magic spoon. They use alternative sweeteners, um, which is so much better for you. Uh, and then you can make your own things like grain-free granola, et cetera. Um, my recommendation would be skip breakfast and move it to lunch. But mm -hmm. if you do want breakfast, um, now you have a couple of different options out there. So Magic Spoon's incredible. They've got some really cool flavors. Our kids love them. We don't buy a lot of cereal, um, but when we do buy it, we'll buy that. And there's also another brand called Three Wishes. That's really great. There's like five or six ingredients in it. So cool. um, the whole reason why we talk about this stuff in the insulin-friendly lifestyle, Tommy, is to make sure that we're talking, uh, once again, just to land the plane here, as we like to say, is that the long-term sustainability of this, you can't restrict and omit your way through a diet because it just, mm -hmm. it, it, it's never, like, 
if the fun's not in the process or your brain can't see that this is something you can sustain yeah. for the rest of your life, you're not going to sustain it. So we want, I, I like the conversation framed around, yeah, here's some like real life applications of swaps you can do and some considerations of the first five we went through that you might not have thought as, you know, air quotes, unhealthy, right? Like Cheerios yeah. is advertised as healthy, heart healthy, American Heart Association. They sure. pay for that label, right? So we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. But the fact is that this will give you control. The bigger picture is the long-term sustainability. So hopefully, um, you know, some of these things, <clears throat> excuse me, you can see yourself doing, you can swap them and <clears throat> keeping the main thing, the main thing, keeping your fasting window and eating intentionally when you break your fasting window. So <clears throat> if you want more um, to how to put fasting into your day-to-day life, you can go to our website www.thefastingforlife.com, www.thefastingforlife.com. You can download the Fast Start Guide, sign up for our email list. We'll send you some cool insights and updates on the next challenges that are coming up and new programs that we're working on. Mm -hmm. Um, So really cool stuff, Tom. Any final thoughts before we wrap up with today? Yeah, no, uh, I I think the the only one is when you hear a list like this, it, it can be easy to just go, okay, well, that's, that's a whole lot of things. So what I'm going to encourage <laughs> you just to take, just to take one or two of those there things. You if you have one or two of these things that are, are kind of in your normal um, everyday, um, you know, menu that you use, then just take one or two and, and make a swap or two and, and see how you feel. If you're, if you've, um, you know, you have a, uh, a CGM or you have a, a ketone or a blood sugar monitor, um, you know, take take a reading or two and and see how it affects it because um, some of these things are really really easy to do and you'd be surprised at the actual numbers um, and how they actually affect it because um, those those small changes that we can make and the small changes to the insulin and the blood sugar spike those those add up over time those are going to add up to blood work and to the A1C like our, our rolling uh, blood sugar average over over uh, 90 days. Um, so little small changes do add up. Uh, so be encouraged and, and just pick one or two uh, to start with and, and you can get the ball rolling from there. Yep. Love it. Absolutely love it. All right, Tommy. Thank you, sir. We will talk soon. Uh, and we promise that this is the end of the mini series revolving around food discussions on the Fasting for Life podcast. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk next week. See Thanks. you, Tommy. So you've heard today's episode and you may be wondering, where do I start? Head on over to thefastingforlife.com and sign up for our newsletter where you'll receive fasting tips and strategies to maximize results and fit fasting into your day-to-day life. While you're there, download your free Fast Start Guide to get started today. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave us a five-star review and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fasting for Life. Fasting for Life.